You want us to level with one another? The truth is we're all mad at you. We love Jenny, but we're upset because Ann isn't here. Well, maybe they're mad at you, but I'm not. Well, good. As long as we're all honest and open. Is this a fun part? Are we having fun yet? <laughs> Happy Sunday, September 27, 2020, baby brother. Uh, yep. As you were uh, mentioning um, in the last <laughs> screw up for this, yeah, for this take, uh, last show of the season. Yeah. Um, I think 22 episodes is good. It's like old school TV back in the days when TV. people watched like an actual TV. That's right. So our first episode for season two will be November 1, which is also a Sunday. And uh, if you'll recall from the presentation last week from the podcast last week, Amisha asked you all to send in your questions to 5654podcast at gmail.com. And we will answer those questions on November 1. And if there are so many questions that we can't answer, we'll, we'll add them to the stack uh, and pull them out and play them down the road. So our movie this week is... The Four Seasons, uh, which is uh, an Alan Alda project. Uh, we've talked about Alan Alda before, but uh, this is actually a movie written and directed by Alan Alda, and I think you've got some more details. More stats, yeah. Directed by Alan Alda. It's a 1981 vehicle. It actually came out on our father's 40th birthday. Huh. May 22, 1981. Uh, and uh, Alan Alda directed, produced by Martin Bregman, which Scarface, Sea of Love, Serpico, Dog Day Afternoon, The Four Seasons, another Alan Alda movie, Betsy's Wedding, and um, in case you missed it, The Adventures of Pluto Nash. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, yeah. gosh. Uh, yeah, um, gosh. Wow. Yeah, you just want to shower after saying The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Is that is that uh, Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy. Yeah, it's an Eddie Murphy vehicle. I, I think it did not do well. Oh, really? I don't think huh. it, it did, yeah. Uh, starring also Carol Burnett, Len Carreyou, Sandy Dennis, Rita Moreno, Jack Weston, and the lovely Bess Armstrong. I just Our saw. Quote. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say I just saw Bess Armstrong on an episode of Mad Men, and I thought of her. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, but um, yes, our quote for the week is uh, from the end of the movie. Um, are we having fun? Uh, and I think that's a really good question for all of us. Are we having fun yet? Um, so in the context of the film, um, there's these couples that are all friends, which I think is a very common thing i feel like now i think especially as we've all uh edged into middle age uh feels very swollen as you say (laughs) as if they all swelled (laughs) yes um and uh one of the couples splits up um towards the beginning of the movie and it sort of has these repercussions and um you know it's I think it's what's really so fascinating about the movie is that the way that each of the couples has their own internal quirks, but then they have their own quirks within the group. Um, And I think, you know, I I probably saw this when I was a teenager at some point, and it was funny, but it was like, you know, whatever. It's Alan Alda, Carol Burnett, who's just, we should just like encase her in carbonite, and, you know, she's just the greatest. Um, 
but as I get older, I really like I the last time I watched this about a month ago, um, I really feel like I felt it. Like I really understood it. Um, you know, identified with different characters in different ways. Um, as you may have guessed from listening to this podcast, I'm often unable to articulate my feelings about things in the way that Alan Alda's character is. Um, so it goes, you know, from zero to 60 sometimes where you're calm and then you're just not. And, yeah. um, you know, that really, you know, that really felt uh, accurate. And he just does such a great job. I know, I think it's a writing team, right? Him and, and someone else, but... Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, in, in fact, in, in the old Wikipedia, it doesn't really say, I don't think. Um, oh, okay. it just says it, oh, written, it just has his name. Sorry, it does. It just has his name. Oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, he just... I mean, every character has this kind of strange yeah. accuracy about them in that sort of middle-age way. You kind of identify with... Um, I think it's Jack, who's Len... Curry's Burroughs, who's, yeah. who's sort of bored and, and kind of tired of the way he's been living his life. Um, I even get Danny's paranoia, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm then... Tar- I'm, I'm afraid of my own elastic in yes. my underwear, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and then the women, of course, are, are all great as well, that you get every one of their sort of perspectives at different points that, that Carol Burnett just wants sort of an openness with all these people um and uh you know just the struggles of being a middle-aged person who's sort of trying to understand themselves in some ways which i thought must be what appeals to you as well at this point (laughs) not the old yeah but like nice no but i mean you're always on kind of this like self understanding journey i thought yeah yeah no always on that journey so you know what's what's interesting about um, this movie too is is it, it, it combines so many things that that I find appealing. So it's set to the Four Seasons by Vivaldi, and some other pieces as well are mixed in there. I, I did not know that, but in doing my research, there are some other musical hmm. pieces within the movie as well. But by and large, it's set to the Four Seasons, which is a classic Vivaldi piece, right? So. There's that. Then there's the the cinematic aspect of it, right? The the acting and the actors and the scenes and 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 all of that. And then there's the writing, which is to me and and you can say this just as much about some of the Woody Allen stuff and and some other folks that are kind of writer, director, actors. It's just crisp. It's tight. It's crisp. Alda has a way of doing that. You know, he did a lot of the creative work for MASH, a lot of the writing, did a little bit of the directing, so forth and so on. So he's just this kind of all-rounder, and it shows in the in the completeness of the film. You would have thought this was a sleeper, didn't... Six and a half million dollar budget, which to me in 1981s is no small feat, made fifty and a half million dollars. Wow. So and it was the ninth... Uh, highest grossing film of, of 1981 hmm. which is and it came out halfway through the year practically speaking so you know kind of an interesting film and you know as you were walking through the middle aged crisis or discovery process 
relating it to this podcast, which is what we try to do, we take the cinematic arts and we try to relate it to our lives, this podcast, your lives, so forth and so on. And what this has been for 22 episodes now, or 21 and a quarter (laughs) episodes, is this sense of continued self-discovery. You know, we we took, so in concept, this was a pre-COVID to COVID transition where many times on my way home, I would call you and we would talk and laugh and tell jokes and da 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 and we were like well we i'm not really doing that now because i don't drive home until monday this coming monday tomorrow any longer and so we're like well why don't we do the podcast and and we didn't really have a concept or an idea we just you know it was an evolution right it's it's much like the four seasons they just kind of go through the seasons and as a group and as individuals they evolve and the question at the end are we having fun yet? <laughs> it is is I think telling to them certainly and 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 kind of brings it all together, but it's also interesting for us. Yeah, um, you know I think to some extent we we did we kept having that moment, um, the sort of Seinfeldian moment, uh, where we'd be talking and we would say this should be the show that this should be the podcast. Um, and, and, you know, we'd have almost the same background. It's like, what, like, you know, what is this concept? And, and, um, I think we have refined it, uh, a bit, but I think there was definitely that idea of like, you know, at least we make each other laugh. Um, yeah. whether we make anyone else laugh, no offense to the nine of you listening, but who really cares? Um, Twelve. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I, <laughs> mom, mom must have listened this week. Um, a couple of times. <laughs> a couple of times. This is very sweet of her. Um, oh, my boys. Yes. But um, I don't know. I think there was some desire to um, capture in some ways the conversations that we have, um, which weren't for public consumption and never will be. Um, this is obviously a, a massively uh, curated version of that curated but, yeah um lacking certain phrases terms sure um vulgarities yes. <laughs> uh deep disdain for floridians i don't know why but, <laughs> right. uh, that's that's my part um but the so men that wear black socks and bermuda shorts yes <laughs> um but so yeah i mean i think to some extent i think what's fun about this um it, for me has been uh, actually taming it a little and being like, let's let's think about the things that we enjoy, um, the arts, etc. And let's think about how it has influenced our lives in some ways. So, you know, in some, uh, you know, I think Four Seasons is a nice movie to end the season on in that sense that, like, I think in some ways it didn't reflect my life as a teenager, but now as an adult there feels like there's something really prescient about it um, which is what I think great art is for, is it can really reflect back, maybe not your life exactly, like you're not looking to have a biopic or something weird like that, you're looking for art to say, look, there's a connection to other human beings, we're all going through these same struggles. Um, you know, I, I was actually just thinking that uh, one of the, the sort of 
B plots in the movie is that they're you know they go to visit their children away at college and I realize you're in this phase of life now where, where your child is growing up and she's out of the house and you know she's she's developing her own life and I you know I I think that's a sort of an interesting aspect to the story in the movie that they're not they don't really talk about that that much that mm-hmm. they they are all empty nesters that are all trying to find some other connection to people um and you know someone sort of takes that and breaks it um this connection that they've all forged together um and it's you know there's a lot of tension in the group because of it and i think interestingly enough this is the discussion they're actually having in the clip that we uh, made for you that that they're that Alan Alda's character always wants to like have these open discussions and let's let's put it out there and let's discuss it and no one else really wants to do these things they just want to have a good time and he can't let these things go and i think that's you know again feels really similar to me i can't let a thing go i want to like talk it to death um and i can't help but wonder that what alan alda was really doing was capturing different parts of his own personality in some ways that the that everybody is kind of some part of who he is and i think that you know we could get into the sort of weeds of like writers and characters writers create as analogs and um you know, I do very oddly enough feel like um, uh, Alan Alda's character is Alan Alda in some ways, which is not the case yeah. in other Alan Alda projects necessarily. Um, but I also feel like he's he's in these struggles, right? And his character kind of goes through these struggles with trying to communicate with his friends, the people that are closest to him. Um, and he's he just, like, at the end of this, like, he, he blows up. He kind of has this this mild meltdown that he has been sort of building up to the whole movie which is to say for the better part of a year right where he has these expectations of the people that um you know he's close to and he feels like he's not getting that from them and he you know throws a moose head into a a fireplace um you know it's it's god i need to see this again it's, it's been a long time yeah, um, you know, it's just, I, I, if, I, like I said, I felt it. Like, I, you know, I've never done that. Um, I've never, you know, taken anything off a wall and thrown it. Um, but, you know, that, that understanding, that, like, empathy with all of the characters, um, even the ones that, like, I felt like maybe, you know, as a teenager, I was like, this guy's being a jerk, or this guy's doing this, or why is she this way, or this. It's like, no, I get it now. Like, I I feel like I understand these characters in a much different way. And I think, again, we've kind of talked about this at times, but really good art can do that. Like, it grows with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, it was, you know, I just saw it on there. I just decided to watch it randomly. Um, You know, and I I just remembered it being kind of funny. Um, You know, nothing like I was really intensely, like, sitting down to take notes. And I was just watching it. It was like, this feels really close to home now and I, I think I've started having that connection a lot with different things that I watch especially things that I come back to a lot um, that they serve different aspects I mean you know wh- whatever the narrative is whatever the plot of the movie is is or, or TV show sometimes feels incidental to the struggles the characters are going through and um, 
you know, in you know, um, Sandy Dennis's character, who's I, I can't remember her name. She she's the the jilted spouse in all this, and she's struggling to become an artist. Like she's taking photographs of fruit, which feels and vegetables, 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 vegetables. Yes, which feels yeah. silly, and yet you know, here I am trying to write poems about vegetables. So obviously, like I yeah. have come to understand again the struggle that she's dealing with, and it feels like she doesn't. She can't quite do the thing that she wants to do, and she feels crippled by it. Um, yeah. Again, a real struggle, I think. So a real struggle. Yeah, I think that you know that there's there's so much in, in this movie now that you go back and and look at it in different contexts, and you know, journey, no journey, introspection, no introspection, and you go, you know, people are by and large living they're kind of routine some may say mundane lives you know kind of going through the the steps and and she felt although i think she also doubted but she felt as if her taking photographs of these vegetables was really important right sure and and thought it was purposeful and we're all you know we think that that's funny and i think you know it the, the juxtaposition of us thinking it's funny, she thinking it's serious, her character, I, I think is an interesting one in that we often sell, oftentimes find ourselves wanting someone to walk as we walk. And, you know, we look at that and when they don't and it, it falls out of sync or out of step with what we're looking to accomplish, then we... we we it it agitates us, right? Mm-hmm. It, it 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 throws us for a loop, and we're like, "Well, I, you know, I don't like that person, or like what they're doing, or or anything else." And so, the 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 methodology of the movie, in terms of coupling it with the four seasons, is that there is an evolution of the entire group through the movie, and it's almost kind of left undone, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the last scene <laughs> is, you know, with the Mercedes, uh, you know, if you go back and you analyze that and go, well, what is the, what does the Mercedes really mean? And, and perhaps it's so, it, it's such a hyperbole to have the Mercedes sink in the ice, right? Yeah. And to be able to say, well, even that at the end of the day is not as important as this. This yeah. being the collection of our friends and and trying to understand and 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 appreciate one another, or live with one another, respect one another. So this respect is what's really missing, right? And I think this group of friends ultimately finds it and appreciates it, regardless of the material aspect of it, regardless of you know. Len Carey's character's mistakes or issues by, you know, dating a very much younger woman and and kind of setting their friend aside, Sandy Dennis's character. So it's, it's that I think that's, that's missing. And, you know, I think it's much of what we struggle with in this podcast is, you know, how do you, how do you explain some of that and how do you wrestle with it? And how do you, try to explain it to yourself but to those handful of folks that are listening 
well, what does all this mean? And then bringing in, you know, examples from, as you said, from from the art world, from the cinematic world, and saying, look, other people have been wrestling with this as well. Yeah, I mean, I think um, in terms of this, you know, this podcast, certainly that, um, you know, you know, we're all we're all on kind of a journey, obviously. Um, you know, whether just the material one of you know being born and eventually dying, um, but somewhere in there, there's also this kind of um, struggle to to you know. There's acceptance, and there's which is sort of Danny's thing, right? Like he he wants from his friends to understand his kind of paranoias and his neuroses. Yeah, his neuroses. Like he wants to be accepted for them. Um, and, and they really actually do a pretty terrible job of them in some ways that they kind of make fun of them a lot. And, and it's interesting that how much, um, a character that sort of, we have not really talked about, which is Bess Armstrong's character, who is the newbie in this group, uh, who's this young woman. The nubile newbie. (laughs) Um, this, this young woman who's been brought into this, this friends group by, um, by Len, Len Carrier's character character um she is the one that has the sort of astute astute observation that like why are we making fun of danny like these are you know whatever his issues are why aren't we just accepting of him and and to some extent she's kind of talking about herself right is that like i she she says it uh, i think in the next scene or two that like um you know, I I didn't realize when I you know married him that I was really marrying all of you, and it wasn't just that she got into this relationship with one person. It's like she got switched out for or switched in for somebody else, you know, and and was supposed to just keep being the same person. And obviously, that's not possible. And um, one of the things I was thinking when I was watching this last time is that it's not like this is just like one scene where this conversation occurs. Like I think it builds to this point. But, like, there are other little pockets of these conversations happening throughout the movie, um, especially in the, in the sort of summer and, you know, summer and fall and winter, like the last three sort of movements, that there's a lot more trying to analyze their relationship. And there's, you know, sentences or, or you know, bits of dialogue where there's actual, like, discussion. Um, and it doesn't, just, it doesn't just happen at the end. Right, it doesn't just come up, right. and I, I think to some extent it's like you're always trying to process these things and trying to understand your, even your own motivations for things at times. Um, and I, I actually really admired this time on watching through that it was the young person that came into this group and was like, "You guys are all this way, and you don't even recognize it, despite the fact that you've spent all this time trying to like analyze yourselves." Um, and it takes this kind of like outsider to come in and, and observe and you know witness these people, and I think that's pretty common, right? That we sometimes have to go to the external sure. source to get sort of an understanding of what's going on, and um, you know, in that sense, it's it. She's really great. I mean, she doesn't really have that many lines. She's not, you know, even though she's in what like three quarters of the movie, um, yeah, she she doesn't have that many lines. She's kind of. They they just basically brush past her, right? They they make fun of them um, quite a bit. They they judge the two of them quite a lot, um, and and everybody's sort of seeking different things from this f- 
friendship, right? This big group friendship. And none of them are really getting it, but I think you're right that by the end, what has come is they're getting to that point, that they are evolving still, even if they are middle-aged, that like life is not over. And I think when Danny nearly dies, which I, I'm surprised he didn't, frankly, um, that, that his wife says, you're alive. Like what the rest of it is meaningless. Who cares? You're alive. And she's right. shouting it in his face. And, and he's, you know, still flipping out about the car. But it's like, you're right. He is alive. And, um, you know, what value one places on that is obviously up to the individual. Um, but in, in, in his case, it's like, forget, you know, we all got together to save your life. And, and that's what you have. You have your life and you have all of us. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, I, th- I think it's nice. Uh, I think it's a little, it feels a little overdramatic in some ways, like in that yeah. scene. Yeah. Um, but isn't life, because we're so, you know, at our base, we're, we're so emotional as, mm. as human beings anyway, isn't life dramatic? I mean, and when we, we add our own bit of drama of to it at times, you know, without, without fail. And, and so, you know, I think Alda has captured that drama, that emotion in a manner that we could all look at it and go, man, that was fun as a movie, right? Yeah. But then also look at this podcast and go, this has been fun, right? 22 episodes in. I don't know. I, you know, I'm thinking back. I think we did four or five episodes with no theme, really, just kind of you know hodgepodge pulling things together then we we hit hit a stride with the movies and the context and that'll probably continue who knows it might change down the road but it's been a lot of fun right yeah and we look forward to it you know on usually i get a text around noon on sunday and (laughs) it's it's usually 2 30 question mark you know and and so we 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 come out and, and we do our thing and and then we post it you know, and I, I think it would be interesting going forward. I think it will make it more fun to be a little bit more interactive, yeah. not just the two of us, but with others as well. Uh, you know, would love to hear from, you know, our friends and, and family and, and, I don't know, strangers that are listening. Uh, and, you know, I, of course, you know, our on-again, off-again non-guest, uh, Dwayne, I kind of hit him up. I'm like, where's your question? He's yeah. like, I got till November 1. I mean, you know. Yeah, and I'll get you questions. So you know, which is good, and 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 we would love to hear from you and make it a little bit more interactive. And you know, who who knows? You know, we could be looking this this four seasons down the road and go, wow, this would be kind of you know, this has been fun. You know, no matter how many people are listening to it, again, not really a mind on or an eye toward the material part of this, but it's just enjoyable. We're all learning something. We hope. I know you and I are yeah. certainly, and there we go. So, yeah, I think um, it has thus far the the answer to the question. It has it, if it, if nothing else, it's just fun. Um, it's just fun. We we have no expectations of it. We have no just grand designs of you know we're not hoping to take over some sort of weird podcasting world as if that existed. Um, it's fun for us to oh, It on. exists. Does it? Baby oh. brother. Oh, yeah. Oh. It uh, exists. You can ask Joe Rogan that. No, well, no comment. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, as long as it's fun for us, I think we'll keep doing it. Uh, I can't imagine 
you know, you know, it's not like we have to do an extra season to get, you know, the ratings or something. Like I think we're no, just kind of here. No. So, no. Um, with that in mind, so yeah, okay. just before you ask your question, just a reminder: <clears throat> get us your questions. We're gonna bring those questions onto the podcast for the first episode of next season, season two, on November one, which. You know, you know what that is. That's right around that crucial time. It's election season, and so hopefully we'll we'll blend some politics into the show and and still try to tie it into the movies. So, but yeah, get those uh, to us. Fifty six fifty four podcast at gmail I'm sure you'll have something after the show as well. But just before you ask your question, I wanted to get that little. Uh, little bit in yeah i would actually <clears throat> the feedback i would really like is how how often we sort of skirt around discussing politics with religion our, yeah well and big, and we uh, we have decided we are going to do an episode on religion um yeah big episode the yeah. holiday episode we're not sure which holiday but some holiday i believe i believe it's diwali uh, diwali picked, yeah sometime in november yeah mid-november so um yeah uh, we're we're getting geared up for that, uh, eating our weeds. which is near and dear to neither one of our hearts. So it'll be fun. No, but we do enjoy the food. We do enjoy the food and the firecrackers. Apparently. I don't actually enjoy that. I'm not a big firecracker yeah. fan. Yeah, I'm not either. Oh, good. Um, yes. So my question this week is: uh, I have always felt you're on this kind of desire for you. You've been wanting to do a podcast for a while. You like the writing. You like you. You want to publish something. What is this desire? Uh, what is this like outward expression of of? You know, you, you had your own podcast before that. I admit, yeah. I never really listened to. Um, <laughs> Thanks for that support. <laughs> well, yeah. by the way, it got more. It got more listens than this podcast did. So, just. Case that's comforting um it, i don't know i don't know if it did or not but, but i you know you're you're always trying to work on some scheme um i don't mean that in a negative way but there's always like a uh to to steal a line from uh, the the strange tv show new girl there's always like an arp mess around going on um yeah. you know what what is this desire do you feel like this is a lot li- i feel like it's a lifelong thing um i'm thinking back to cleveland uh, I'm yep, thinking yep, back which to which I didn't think of, but yeah, you know, there's always some like desire to do like a project that is an outward expression of I don't know what, yeah. but uh, you know, I think it'd be nice for people to to hear what some of these things are for you. Uh, if you could kind of, you know, for, I think Cleveland is a funny idea. It was something you did in yeah. high school. Um, yeah. So actually, I was part of that. Um, so. Again, I'll come back to the to the reason why I think it is that I do a lot of these things. But I'll tell you a little bit about Cleveland. So, Cleveland was a um, sketch comedy bit uh, that started. I can remember, uh, and for those of you that are listening or and are in the Atlanta area, uh, a group of buddies and I uh, were uh, being a group of buddies and me. Uh, hi, I can't remember. We're driving on Memorial Drive, getting ready to get on US 78 back in 1987, 1988, something like that. And we're like, why don't we come up with this sketch comedy music thing about this kind of washed up band and uh, doing other people's songs. And it was kind of based on Chicago, but we're like, We'll take a shithole city like Cleveland 
And and if Michael West is listening to this, uh, a good friend of mine from work, I apologize, Michael. I know you're from the Cleveland metro area. Um, nothing personal. It was just like, you know, Cleveland back then, and, and I've been to Cleveland since. It's a lovely city. And uh, so we named this kind of, and it was a blend of this is Spinal Tap, a play on Chicago versus Cleveland, and really taking some of the music that we loved from the 80s and uh, tennis rackets and just a whole bunch of weird stuff. And we, we filmed Cleveland, the first part, and uh, a group of buddies and I, and I can't remember how many songs we did, eight or ten. You know, I know that Superman from R.E.M. was in there, Russians from Sting, uh, Huey Lewis in the news song. There was a Pink Floyd song. Uh, and I, I know I'm forgetting others, but just st- stupid summertime <laughs> stuff, right? And then so uh, ha- about half of us went off to college and the other half of us stayed and graduated in 88. And, uh, and then the following summer, they all came home and we thought we would do a retrospective. Of what happened to the band, and you know, and and you know, the band broke up, and and then so so my buddy Jerry Hufford, uh, our buddy Jerry Hufford, he he played the character, the kind of the news reporter, the Nightline kind of thing, and it was just real crazy. You were in it. You were like was, five, like five, yeah, five, yeah. yeah. So uh, Don Smith, John Smith, I, I can't, can't remember. It was in yeah. some crazy. I remember it was like a scientist of some kind that was like yeah, you were an astrophysicist or something and and uh and you know just just some funny stuff and and there were ads they did ads. just crazy creative and you you have to remember we're all kind of geeks right we um, you didn't need to remind me yeah yeah so you know uh we generally did fairly well in school um, we were in clubs that no one else joined, you know, the math team, the science team, the social studies team, that sort of thing. Uh, some of us were band geeks. And so we, we wanted this outlet. And, and, and I think that that outlet for me has always existed in some form or another. Whether And, and it typically took the form of writing, typically. But it also manifested itself in watching a lot of movies going to plays that sort of thing and so it's always been part of me that desire for creative outlet and creative development and it will never stop period it, it, you know if it's the last thing I ever do it'll be it'll be something creative it could be work creative it could be here and so I do let that kind of flow over into my work where you try to create solutions that are not just simple, straightforward solutions, but take on a, a different vibe, and they're and and you have fun along the way, right? So, I, I always try to bring a measure of fun and uh, levity uh, to the workplace as well, philosophically. So, when you ask the question, as I've you know, we've had the conversation, and I, as we alluded to, we'll have more when we get into the big uh, holiday religious, uh, 
you know, fisticuffs, whatever's going to come of it. I think it's probably something that that's left over, some kind of desire, some kind of manifestation that I have to work through uh, that, you know, it, it's not like I developed it. It's not like anyone trained me on it. It, it just was there. And so your question, or my question is, well, where did that come from? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, you know, where, you know, just did kind of fall out of the sky when I was six. And I started writing short stories and I started writing poetry when I was 12 or 13. And and none of it very good, by the way. It just started. And and so there's a, there's a philosophical part of it that says, you know what, that just needs to be completed and before whatever is to come next you know and and you know who knows what that is but um yeah so you know currently continue as you know because i tell you from time to time and share things with you from time to time continue to write um and you know probably to to the detriment of uh sleep and um and I've gotten a little bit uh, attention deficit issues. Try to be in multiple things, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to just finish one thing. So then there's the practical aspect of creativity that you might have this great idea, but you kind of finish yeah. that idea, yeah. uh, so you can put it to rest, right? And then and then hopefully, I keep saying this, I want to get things published, and that's really the hard part is then then having the discipline to go back and edit and. And that's clearly not something that I brought with me uh, from a prior life. <laughs> it was was that desire and or skill, because uh, that, that really takes a lot of discipline. It's easier to write, just sit down there and write. Absolutely. And just make up crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, it's a totally different challenge to box it in, limit it, make it, you know, take all the superfluous stuff out and make it something that you could potentially package, sell, share, whatever. Yeah. As long as you're having fun. I am having fun. As Ark mentioned, we're going to open our second season in November with questions from you. You can email them to 5654podcast at gmail.com. You can send text you can send audio. Uh, I guess you can send video, although there's not really a way for us to, you know, share that on a podcast. But anyway, we'd welcome your questions. 5654podcast at gmail.com. This podcast is available from Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.